Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Second Place Second Podcast. We are pumped to be talking to Jordan Mitchell tonight because he is on his 200-mile to freedom ruck march. And uh, this is all about uh, the stories that are happening in and around Second Place. And so that's what this podcast is all about, is getting to hear from people like you that are making stuff happen, have your own thoughts, have your own perspective on either messages that have been shared at, at the church or just in general what God's doing in your life. And so tonight is no different. Um, if you want to check us out online, you can always do that at secondplacechurch.com, all spelled out. And that site will open you up to everything that is happening in the community at Second Place. And we'd love to, love to see you come out someday on a weekend, Saturdays at 5 or Sunday at 9 and 11 right now. So I'm here with AP and Jordan. So AP, what's up, man? Jordan, how what's you doing? Going on? I am doing fantastic. My first question of the evening. Now, for, now, real quick, kudos to Joe who just did the intro and didn't read a script. He just did that off the cuff and it was perfect. Second of all, <laughs> number one question, Joe, where are you at right now? It's a tiny, tiny bit echoey. Yeah, so I am in a lobby of uh, the Fairfield Inn in Atlanta, Georgia. I, I thought so, you were in Georgia. I now, am. here's the thing. You flew and drove there. Jordan, where are you right now? I am in uh, Urbana, Illinois. Oh, you're um, down by U of I right now. Uh, kinda. I'm uh, I'm at a Roadway Inn, and if you've heard of Roadway before, uh, congratulations, because I have not. <laughs> but before we started, you were saying that the, uh, the the lights don't work in your room. Yeah. So there's um, currently six lamps and only one work. Um, and then uh, the you just back... move the bo- same bulb from each lamp. Well, it's not. It's like the electrical part of them. And then the uh, paintings on the wall have been stolen. Um, and I have a tube television. And for everyone who's old enough to remember, get into the tar amp. It's a Zenith twenty-seven inch classic. Wow. That was state yeah. of the art when I was in like eighth grade, dude. That's right. You didn't get any. Can I ask? That. Can I ask a question? Please do. Why are you at a roadway? Yeah, great question. Because uh, a very gracious uh, person uh, who said you don't, you shouldn't sleep on the ground or in the car, which is what I was planning on. I want to put you in a place where you can stretch your legs out. Um, so the roadway in was the gift. Oh wow! And uh, I am gracious. I am very, very grateful. Because, Dude, uh, any, any roof over your head, I, I would imagine, is a gift. Well, it's supposed to rain tonight. Oh. Um, so I would so I would be sleeping in the car, which means it would be pretty cramped, and that would be messing with uh, all the muscles in my body. Yeah. So, so this, is, this is a blessing no matter how you look at it. So we, we want to make sure to uh, let all of our listeners know, for those of you that weren't there Sunday evening, um, Jordan is on a very important uh, journey right now. You know, both both in in uh, in, in distance uh, of walking and and also uh, hopefully a far, an even farther journey beyond beyond that once he arrives at his destination. So I don't want to give anything away or take anything away from what you're doing. Can you please go ahead and tell the listeners, you know, what you're doing, how far you how far you are, how much farther you got, and what your goal is once you arrive there? 
Yeah. Um, so I am on. Uh, I am halfway over, halfway done. Nice. Uh, with my my 200 mile ruck march, uh, putting weight on my back and walking from point A to point B. Point A being Moni, Illinois, and point B being Springfield, Illinois, our state capital, to engage with our state's uh, politicians, leaders, uh, department heads, legislators, um, so that way we can start having more detailed, uh, collaborative conversations around our fight against human trafficking. And I have uh, completed 119 miles as I sit here and talk to you now, so... Dude, good for you. That is insane. It's exciting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine. That's uh, that's how much... Put this in perspective. The distance that you've walked right now is the distance that I travel round trip to see my fiance right now because of, of how far we live from each other. Mm-hmm. But I can accomplish that in two hours. How many hours has this taken you so far? Uh... I probably best put it as just three days. Oh my gosh! Uh, I'm not exactly. I haven't even quantified how many hours that's been. Well, day one was 13 hours. I know that. All of the hours. Yeah, was, all of them. Yeah, day was 13 hours. The second day was close to 13 hours again. Man. And uh, and then today, uh, I got a really early jump on it. Um, around like 3.30 a.m. and I was going to say, you finished started at around. 4 on Monday. How early can you start? <laughs> uh, I'll start as early as I need to. Uh, yeah. Honestly, getting getting done when it's still light out is nice. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you can kind of uh, relax and, and hit, the, hit the hay. Now, tomorrow's going to be different because uh, I actually have a meeting in Iliopolis at 7.30 p.m. with the mayor and a community group has come together and, and said they wanted to meet me and talk about it. So, awesome. um, yeah, it's great whenever you can have an opportunity to talk more about human trafficking. It just means that my day is going to go a lot later um, yeah. than, than planned. So, um, But that's okay. Again, the message is more important. But then the turnaround, uh, it looks like I'm going to have to be in Springfield uh, probably no later than noon, uh, maybe even earlier, which means I have to start earlier. Uh, a lot earlier, so I might end up with only about three hours of sleep tomorrow night. So, you are a champ, man. That nah, I'm rough. just I'm just a dude with a mission. You yeah, know what I mean? it's a good mission, though, man. I'm I'm uh, I'm genuinely proud of you, and I'm glad to know that you're doing that. Uh, one thing I actually forgot to ask you on Sunday when I was there is, um, what exactly is the route that you're that you're walking? I can't imagine you're walking along the side of the highway. You're are you taking more of like country roads and stuff? Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very, very country roads, um, and uh, I've, um, every time I see some type of uh, civilization, it gets extremely exciting for me. So, uh, and also, I have some pretty amazing stories, both from being uh, in cornfields and you know in civilization. People, people look at you kind of crazy when you're walking around, but you, but you don't look homeless. So they're trying to figure it out a little bit. Yeah, you know, what are you doing when, you, when you're so, 30 miles from the closest city or something and they see you? Yeah, yeah. Like one guy, he uh, he he came to me and he goes, "Hey, you know, I was walking and he stopped and said, hey, do you need some help?'" And I said, "No, I'm okay." And he goes, "But you're just walking." And I was like, "Yep, I'm doing this on purpose." Yeah. And and he goes, uh, "Now, why in the world would you do that?" 
And I was like, so I explained to him, I'm doing this for countering human trafficking to raise the awareness for it and stuff. And he goes, not in cornfields in central Illinois, you're not. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Well, actually, I, yes, I am, sir. I was like, well, you, you have somewhat of a point there, but I will say that uh, I'm not really doing it here in this cornfield as much as I am using this cornfield to get through to where I will be having more conversations. Yeah. And he's like, all right, whatever, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. I got some weird, crazy stories. Man. So, what other uh, stories happened? Well, so there <laughs> There was one. Well, I was where, there. I was there the first day at the first break when the cops came by and was like, "You yeah. getting it this morning, boys?" Yeah. <laughs> well, what's great about that story is I was laying flat on my back with my legs in the air to get the blood going from my feet, you know, so it take the swelling down. So the guy rolls up and I'm laying flat on the ground. Joe is in sweatpants, a hoodie on, and just sitting in the back of the car. And Hank looks like he's frozen. And just standing there, and he pulls up, and he's like, "You guys getting it in this morning?" And, <laughs> and after, and I'm like, and so we talked to him a little bit, and he's like, "Oh, I thought you were lifting the car up," which is so fun. Like, I don't know how many people we were in a Burt Cotts parking lot in Mantino, Illinois, or Piatone, Illinois. I'm not exactly sure how many times he's rolled up on somebody who's lifting up a car with his legs with uh, his buddy sitting at the back. That'd of be it. a new one. I've never seen that before. Yeah, it, that that's funny. But I had a, uh, I did have a kid. Uh, I was walking past his house um, in uh, in Ashcom. I think it was Ashcom or Danforth. It was one of those small ones over there. And uh, there was a kid in a wagon getting pushed by another kid. And the kid in the wagon is hitting the other kid with a stick, and he's going, "Go faster, push faster." <laughs> and uh, I was like, I. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Uh, the other kid would just look defeated too. Like he was like, "Yeah, this is just what I do." It's like my my brother, you know. Uh, so that was weird. Uh, but then you got to go with the classic uh, clear clear drug addict uh, walked with me for probably about half a mile, and um, and he and he's like, "Hey, what are you what are you doing?" And uh, I was like, "I'm just walking, uh, raising awareness." And I started talking. He's like, "Yeah, that's a real problem, man. It's a real problem." And I was like, "Yeah." And then he would like completely forget that he was walking with me, and all of a sudden would be like, "Hey, what's your name, man? What are you doing out here?" And, and this would go on for like half a mile. So, <laughs> so that was intense. But that's all in all, it's been a good time. It, it sounds well, like a pretty interesting journey, man. Did you find out what his name is, though? I did. I did not find out his name. Uh, he always digressed. I think he thought I was like a cop or something. Which I get it. I mean, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm walking around for no reason in Central Illinois with all this like you know, I got like a camo pouches attached to my bag and. I'm in, you know, khaki pants and tactical Merrill boots, you know. So it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily bode well for him to start, you know, gabbing about what what his life is like. Yeah. But he did, he did have some like interesting uh, facial movements, like he was just twitching, and he just, and then right, and then right when uh, the last time I saw him before he disappeared in the wind, uh, we were walking together. And then, like, mid-sentence, I can't even remember what he was saying, but mid-sentence, 
he just stops talking and then veers off to the left and just starts walking down another street. And I thought, okay, well, I guess that means goodbye. But I didn't say that out loud. But then all of a sudden I hear, oh, man, I don't mean to be rude. Bye. And then he, like, <laughs> takes off. And he's gone. And I, Oh, he's polite. Never, that's good. Yeah, man, he remembered that. So that's good. Little things like that, you know, make things more interesting. Um, a lot. Of, I've had a lot of really nice people um, in the central Illinois area ask me if I needed help with something, or you know, that's good. We had a uh, waitress give me a free free piece of pie at a diner. Uh, well, strawberry. No one can rhubarb. turn down free pie. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was a. It, I mean, the the pie wasn't fantastic, but at that moment, you're not going to turn down pie. And uh, it's strawberry rhubarb, man. So even not good Can't strawberry rhubarb better than, you know, I don't know, meringue. Uh, you know, who likes meringues? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So how are you, like, fueling up when you're, you're uh, you know, en route? And then when you're done, like, are you uh, eating, like, massive bowls of pasta? Or what are you doing? <laughs> uh I am eating the same thing every single day, which uh, is getting is getting tiring. Um, so dinner is the only time I get to veer from it. But it's basically Snickers, apples, bananas, protein shakes, and Cliff bars uh, Dude, throughout the day. That's what I call college. But carry on. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But it wasn't it wasn't fun in college. But you did it. You know. Now that I'm, oh, I, you know, I loved eating 30. all that stuff to be honest. But I'm weird. Uh, well, now that I'm almost 30, I'm kind of done with that. You know, I miss my pasta and healthy foods. You know, my wife Amanda sending me pictures of like leafy green salads and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, that looks good right now. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm just stuck with this, uh, you know, the Snickers. But you know, every every day for dinner, I've been having something, you know, that's, well, let's that's be, not. Let, let's be clear, AP. This is the menu that he sent that he chose was yeah. the Snickers protein bars, apples. And yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. Ac- I'm actually really curious. Um, y- like Joe just said, you-, you chose this. I was, I was recently listening to a podcast from the Joe Rogan experience about this guy that was the first person to cross Antarctica, um, entirely on his own. And they had to come up with a, with a calorie plan for him to eat. And he ended up eating 7,000 calories a day, but he was expelling about 10,000. So he worked with a nutrition company in order to develop um, everything that he that he needed specifically for this. Um, mm-hmm. Did you specifically choose this diet based on the macros and the caloric requirement um, to make it there? Or is it just more of like, this is what's going to fit in my ruck pack, so this is kind of what I'm limited to? AP, I wish I thought that out far, far more close to the, uh, to the Antarctica guy. No, I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do any calculations, man. I just was like, uh, here's some, here's some things that I know are good for you when you're, when you're doing this type of stuff. Yeah. I remember too, like the only experience I have with doing some insane physical mental tests, uh, has been in the military. And so, you know, that you don't get to choose what you eat. Then that you just you eat whatever's in the MRE when they tell you to eat it. And, uh, as an example, uh, you know, there'd be times where, You'd have three hours, four hours of sleep in you. You'd wake up at four or four. Th- let's let's call it four. 
and you'd have to be in formation by 4.30 with all your stuff. And sometime between 4 and 4.30, you'd have to shower, shave, eat your food, get all your gear ready, get dressed, and get out to formation. And wow. don't dare be late. So you really have about 20 minutes to do that. So you really don't get to eat much before then. And then you don't, you're never allowed to eat during any ruck marches or events. So then you can, and then when you get back, you don't even necessarily get a chance to eat right away. So you end up losing a lot of weight. I think when I did, um, when I did uh, special forces selection, I lost, I think it was like 15, 16 pounds in three weeks. Um, something like that. Three weeks, dude. Well, it's a lot, it's a lot of weight, especially because I'm, I'm naturally a very skinny guy. Like it's very hard for me to put on weight. Uh, I was that kid that was like the string bean kid growing up. Uh, I was even in my in my freshman year of high school. I was five foot five, hundred and five pounds. And then uh, by the time I went in the military, I was six foot one and a half and one hundred and forty pounds. So I didn't I didn't get much heavier. Six foot one and a half guy. Yeah, I was t- I was tiny, man. So I hear uh, you. When I graduated from high school, I was five foot uh, seven, t- tipping the scales at a staggering one twenty eight. I'll tell you. Yeah, that's classy, man. Yeah, that's watch classy. out. So like I get it. Little so, raccoon. Yeah. So when you lose weight, when you're like you're naturally a skinny dude, it it, it really kind of uh, it impacts you pretty hard on yeah. a negative way. So. Uh, so yeah, so and and then plus I didn't get to choose sleep this time. Doing this as a civilian now, I, I I really felt like I wanted to control my eating. I wanted to be able to eat whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. I wanted to be able to sleep as much as I wanted. Um, and the sleep, and, and because at that point your body heals a lot better. You know, it's a it's a it's so much better for your body. Like the guy who's doing it in Antarctica, um, to eat seven thousand calories a day and be burning ten thousand. That's a that's yeah it's a lot but to eat seven thousand calories is a ton and it's a huge privilege to be able to get a nutrition company to do that for you I mean the amount of money I'm sure that went into his adventure to do that is is astronomical yeah but that's kind of what's so different about this is um, I don't know Joe could probably answer this better than me but the menu probably didn't cost more than a hundred and fifty bucks yeah so, less than less than hundred bucks. Less than a hundred bucks. Uh, I have we haven't spent a single dollar on any hotel or anything like that. Um, That's awesome. And, and so <laughs> you're, so that guy probably spent tens of thousands of dollars to make that happen. Uh, oh yeah. And and I and we spent a hundred. <laughs> so, yeah. And and we raised more money. So there's we're really focused on on being as efficient with this process as we can be. And I think that it comes down to, you know, you got to understand your reasons why. You know, I don't, I don't know that guy from Antarctica, uh, but I'll say that generally speaking, when people do some crazy things, uh, like ultra marathons and all that, it always feels very um, introspective. You know, very, very like, what can I do? You know, I want to push myself. You know, I want to prove to myself that I can do these things, or I want to push myself. This has really nothing to do with myself. To be honest with you, I, you know, I'm doing it, yes, but it could have very easily been Joe or, uh, you know, UAP or it could have been anybody else who's doing it. Just so you to, say I, I would that. Like, I can't imagine myself walking 200 miles in five days, though. Well, you didn't make the decision to yet. That's really the only difference. <laughs> yes, yes. Just, uh, clearly, I'm going to do this someday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, all you have to do, like, you know, I, I think 
there was one person who's who said, you know, I the similar thing to you. I, I hear it, you know, frequently enough that I couldn't imagine doing what you're doing. But I think the reality is is that's the difference is it you do have to imagine it and then yeah. you have to believe that it can happen. And then you just have to decide to do it. And uh, and that's not just true for this 200-mile walk. It's for anything that's hard. And this 200-mile walk is just something that I knew that I could do. But there's people all over the world and all over this country that are doing really difficult things that isn't 200 miles that I would look at them and go, man, that's that's incredible. I, I can't ever imagine me doing that. So I think you people just have to find whatever whatever way they feel like they can help and, and do that and just make that decision to do it. Yeah, definitely. One of the things that I'm kind of wondering right now, um, I know you said that you have a a meeting coming up tomorrow in what in what city? Uh, Iliopolis. So Iliopolis is expecting you. Is mm-hmm. Springfield, Illinois expecting you on Friday? Do they know that you're going to be arriving and, and presenting all of this? Yeah, so there is a um, there is a group of people that are kind of coming together um, in the in the backgrounds. I actually have uh, Jekka James and, uh, and this other woman uh, Elizabeth uh, who are coming together, and they they've worked together to contact all the people they know, all the politicians they know, all the heads of departments and organizations, and um, just trying to collect people to to make this a thing. Now, I've had a couple people reach out to me and tell me that. They'll be, excuse me. They'll be in Springfield. Whether I come to their office or they come meet me at um, whatever my last final stop is, um, but it's kind of up in the air. Um, I know that there will likely be people in Springfield. Even JB Pritzker himself is still up in the air at this point. There's been no uh, hard no from his office, um, and so they're trying to really still get him there. Yeah. The problem is on a Friday, a lot of them just want to go home. Um, you know, they're not in session. That I'm sure day, a lot uh, of these kids that are trapped in cages and basements want to go home on a Friday too. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's, it's, you can't, you can't, you know, there's a, my grandpa used to tell me that, uh, you know, a ch- you fall down and a child falls down and scrapes his knee and cries because it's the worst pain that they know. So you can't really tell a kid not to cry because taxes are hard. You know, like there, there's a certain level of like perspective that has to be kept. And so for these politicians, um, they'll take, they, they work all the time, you yeah. know, they don't get to take, you know, sometimes off and they carry and a lot of them, especially the ones that really, you know, take their job seriously and take it to heart. Um, they carry the weight of every single other person in their district or in their towns or in their state on their weight, on their backs and on their shoulders. And you can't, you can't please everybody. So you have to really stay true to what you want to do, and you take a lot of ridicule for that. So, you know, I I can't blame them for it being a Friday and, and kind of being done with the week and, and being like, yeah, I'd like to go home and see my wife and kids, so or my husband and my kids. And that's, that's I, I can understand it. So, um, you know, all that being said, uh, I'm trying to accommodate. I know a couple of them want to accommodate, and they want to be there. And, uh, and I really look forward to an opportunity to, to talk to him. Yeah. Pretty crazy. So what is, uh, what is the wife and Adrena thinking about right now with Amanda back at home and Adrena doing school and all that stuff? Yeah. 
No, Adrena Adrena's doing awesome. Uh she actually so they went on a walk today. Um and uh and Adrena they went they went for about a mile and, and Adrena then said, um, my feet are really sore. I can't imagine daddy's feet after two hundred of these. Um so she's like she's she's super into it. Yesterday, uh I she she, she was uh she called me with my mom. And she goes, Dad, I just want to let you know that I love you and I miss you. And I'm just so incredibly proud of you for saving these people and just caring about them. And I'm thinking, is this, is this a 20-year-old I'm speaking to or a 7-year-old? You know, her, birth, yeah. her birthday is tomorrow and she's turning 7. So I'm, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure I missed like 13 more years somewhere. I don't know where my daughter went, but she has been incredible. Um, they're both holding down the fort pretty well. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel like they're really, uh, and also they're kind of used to it. You know, I, I don't think any kid truly gets used to their kid not being, or their dad not being around. Um, but being in the military, you go to trainings, you, you know, you get deployed, you do all these things. And uh, for Adrena's first two years of life, I really only saw her about eight months. So it, it's something that, you know, you kind of have to get used to, and uh, you look to get it improved at some point, but it's not always the case. Hmm. And Amanda's good too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She's uh, she's doing really good as well. So they're they're, and I I, I said to him uh, this morning, I said I'm sorry I'm not there. You know, my dog was sick yesterday, and we thought uh, we were fearing the worst. Um, and so I told her this morning, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not there for this. It's horrible timing. And she was like, uh, just so you know, you're not really, you know, you don't really need to worry about us. We can handle ourselves and kind of, kind of put me in my, in my, uh, in my place a little bit, but in a good way. It's just like, you got things covered here. You just need to focus on what you're doing because you're, you're, you're doing a great thing. You're totally behind you. So. So they're they're very supportive and they're doing great. How do they? How does having a wife and daughter motivate you for what you're doing right now? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, well, I I would ask, I, I would kind of rebuttal with like the simple question, like why not? You know, how doesn't it? There's a there's um, I think if you can if you can somehow, some way, I know that no one really wants to imagine. But if you can somehow, some way, put someone you love more than anything in the world uh, into a position of harm, uh, and, and just harness that feeling of what that would be like to you, uh, that's what—that's kind of what you have to—you have to use as a motivation to want to help these these kids and these uh, these people that are exploited and trapped. Because the reality is. They are someone's daughter. They are someone's, you know, love of their life that they may never see again. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that if you were a mom who uh, has a teenage daughter and you're doing your absolute best to make sure that teenage daughter is safe, but a trafficker somehow, some way, uh, convinced your daughter to run away from home and then you never got to see your daughter again. That's a that's an extremely scary thing. It feels like it's a movie. It feels like oh, it can never happen to me until it does, 
and then and then your whole world is is over you know if you're your children are your life i mean anyone with kids know that and um and so to imagine that is just is unthinkable and and yet it's something that you got to think about so you can kind of personify and and realize what's at stake is that these these kids need someone to go care for them the way that I care about my kid. There was a news article today, uh, I think it was in Cicero, Illinois. I think it was 19 adults and 14 kids found in a house. That's unbelievable. Adults were were trapped in there too. Mm-hmm. And there the there's some lady that's being going to be persecuted or prosecuted for um, labor, labor trafficking and stuff. I don't know. That's crazy. Just, just caught it real quick. Crazy though. Yeah. So yeah. Well, obviously somebody caught on to the fact that this that these people were in there. And one of the things you were educating us on on Sunday is what are the signs to look for? Um, I know that it's probably a really long spiel and and a, and a lot of stuff to go over, but. Hopefully, for those that, that weren't there and for the sake of educating people, Jordan, can you tell us so that everybody else can hear, what are the, what are the, some of the major signs that we can look for if we go somewhere to spot uh, potential human trafficking going on? Well, I'll, I'll do this because this is a digital uh, you know, platform, so mm-hmm. I'll talk about the digital aspects. I think the, the first and foremost um, network if you will, of, of trafficking is through social media. And I think that when you uh, have social media as such a prevalent aspect of our ability to communicate with people, it's also a clear channel then for traffickers to use that as a way to communicate with uh, minors and with other people who might be feeling vulnerable. Because that's the reality to this, is that um, traffickers um, and people looking to exploit anybody they need to tap into someone's vulnerabilities and uh and so vulnerabilities when people show their vulnerabilities in social media it's like it's like you know honey to a bear you know it's it's something that they absolutely look at as an opportunity to use against you and eventually exploit you to do something you don't want to do so um you know i think we've all seen it before um you know, we might even be guilty of it at times where we put our own emotions out there on social media. But the problem is when you do that, um, you're allowing even people who aren't your friends, people who aren't your family to see that. And then again, to ultimately uh, be able to use that against you if they decided to. And, and that that's really the worst case scenario in that moment. You know, imagine being a 13 year old girl. Um, you know, with Snapchat, for instance, and all you wanted to do was put up a picture of yourself, um, and you and you because you just don't feel good about yourself, and you just kind of want to you want to hear that someone thinks you're beautiful, because for whatever reason you just don't feel like you are, and you've been fighting with your mom, and and just think no, nothing's going right, you know, according to you, um, and you put that picture out there, and some trafficker sees that, well, he this is what he does. He, he absolutely manipulates moments like that. So he waits for those things and he sees it and then he'll write that girl, you know, you look beautiful and, um, and tell her all the things that she wants, she thinks she wants to hear. And then they'll start a conversation. And next thing you know, she starts developing feelings for this person who she doesn't even know has never met in person. 
And eventually one day he finally convinces her, I think it's time for you to come meet me here or do this thing. And at that point then, once they leave that house, once they go to meet that guy somewhere or a girl, because women are traffickers too, um, once they go, they're, that's it. They're gone. And, uh, and that's, how, that's how a lot of it starts. So social media is, is absolutely one of the largest uh, platforms uh, that traffickers use to uh to recruit and so it starts there and it starts it starts with education and the awareness of that as well as conversations between parents and their kids and uh and just getting everyone on the same page that's really really awesome man the you're uh you're 119 in is that what it is 119 in man 119 in uh, i left you i left you on the on the side of the road at about 33 i think yeah yeah so you've got yeah. you've gone a little little ways further than that now <laughs> you know it feels like two weeks ago when i saw you left that's so Even funny it was ago. literally two days ago i know but you know it was also you know i i'm gonna tr- pretend I, i'm mathing right now that's uh 88 miles ago. yeah yeah <laughs> uh, it's, yeah it's a lot yeah. so so talk about what do you what do you think how how do you think you're gonna what's gonna be going through your head how are you gonna be feeling when you when you're walking up to the Capitol in Springfield? I don't know, probably very relieved. I, I when I hit a hundred miles today, I was like all of a sudden just inundated with a bunch of positive emotions. Like I was pumped, I was super pumped, and uh, like my feet didn't hurt at that moment, legs didn't hurt, just because I was hitting halfway. Now I'm counting down, you know. And, right. uh, and that's a, that's a great feeling. Anyone, anytime anyone's ever worked out in their life, doesn't you don't have to be fit. You just have to have worked out at least once in your life. If, and if you had to do ten push-ups, you know what it's like to be at seven and eight and nine. You just get really excited for that tenth one. Uh, and then once you hit that ten, there's that that feeling of like, yep, I'm done. Feels great. And uh, so I touch that times twenty when I get there on on. And, uh, Friday. I'm pumped. So, how are you doing physically? Um, well, currently both legs are still attached. I think. Yeah. Um, so that's good. Um, I, my feet are pretty hurt. Um, I got some. Uh, I got some some weird toenail things going on. So. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see if there's still a thing. Things are uh, things are getting kind of gnarly. Things, you know what? Things are <laughs> things are are making decisions on their own. I'm not. I, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so you got, some, the, you got some sun chips going on out there? Or what? <laughs> you you hungry? I yeah. Got, <laughs> I got some bugles going on. You know what I'm saying? And some what? Oh my gosh. Some bugles. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> bugles. Yeah. If yeah, people yeah, actually know what cheese. bugles are, yes, awesome. Some pork yeah, no, grinds. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Gross. Yeah. Oh, great. So yeah, no, those my feet are my feet are doing uh all in all not not too too bad. I got some blisters, but that's expected. You know, they're blisters. So mm-hmm. uh, so you, you just kind of get through those. I probably I would probably guess I've got a couple of stress fractures forming in my feet and my legs. Um but that again that's expected i get that every time i I do some crazy stuff and after a couple of months they heal and and then they're, they're good the knees feel like they're probably going to break off at some point here soon 
Oh, uh, which is good. I don't need those knees anymore. So no. I don't know. I feel like you might need those. Uh, like I I'm not a doctor, I, but how close to how close to to stopping have you come? Like to like basically throwing in the towel and saying I'm I'm out. We're we're done. Oh, ne- never, not once. I I would be. I no, yeah. I I could never quit. I'd rather I'd rather be found on the side of the road than quit. <laughs> I, and and when I say found on the side of the road, like I'm still crawling. I yeah. can't. I can't. I can't. I can't quit. Like it's not even. I I'm like a, just a personal note. Not if I were to just take for a second, not even the reason why I'm doing all this as motivation, but just just the just the pure like me and me against me kind of moment of of going 200 miles or something. I really don't know that I could just choose stop like that. I, it would have to be something that would take me out, you know, and uh, I've been there and I've done it and I've been injured in that way. And uh, it's the worst feeling. It's the absolute worst feeling. And, um, you know, I, I, at that time uh, I crawled and I, and I got to a place, but the worst feeling at that moment when I, when I messed my knee up in 2013 and, and it was really, really bad. And I did crawl like, you know, however long I crawled and got, and got to a place where I could press the, the button to get rescued. The worst feeling was pressing the button. It wasn't, it wasn't the team. It was pressing the button. It was, it was that feeling like this is me giving up. You know, and obviously, right. like if your if your knees, if your knees barely there, you know, and and it's like the size of a child basketball, you know, like clearly you need to stop, like you can't keep going. But it was the worst feeling in the world to press the button, and um, and I just I I'm, I I made a decision shortly after that that I I never wanted to press that button again, mm-hmm. and uh, there's been moments in my life where I've had to, and and it's. It's just off. So I, and I, and it really, it's gonna take a, it's gonna take a lot. It's gonna take yeah. an absolute lot for me to press that button, and I haven't hit that yet. I can't. Now that we're three days in, I've only got two days left, and only, you know, eighty-one miles to go. That's not, that's not enough to get me to press a button. I can't imagine, unless I get hit by a car. Um, I might press a button. I really hope you don't get hit by a car. That'd be that'd be bad. That'd be, that'd be for the documentary though. <laughs> I'm just gonna go. With it, it, it's best if you just don't get hit by a car. You know. I don't think that's in the the plan. Yeah, that that'd be so, bad if that was in the plan. Yeah, we didn't well, write dude, that. Well, we're we're gonna be praying that there's a bunch of bunch of uh, decision makers that are there on on Friday when you get there and. Yep. Proud of you, man. We, a lot of people praying, a lot of people supporting, and um, yeah, I mean, if if anybody's still you know wanting to donate, provisionlab.org, you can donate and help uh, help get this thing, this tragedy. Like I said, uh, like I said on social today, like help us get the word out that slavery ain't right and it needs to stop. So yeah, man. Amen Thanks for that. being on here. Thanks for being on here, dude. No problem at all. Thanks for having me, and uh, and I'm glad you guys uh, filled up some of my night uh, in this in this awesome hotel. Yeah, uh, we'll let you get some rest. So, what are we gonna go out on? We gotta count to three and go out on something. I don't know. What are you thinking? Um, 
How about uh, strawberry rhubarb pie? There you oh. go. Nailing it. You know what I mean? Sounds good um, to me. All right. So if you're out there, if you're out there uh, in a diner eating a eating a free meal from a waitress, put your hand in the middle. You know uh, what I'm saying? If you're if you're high on drugs, walking <laughs> down the road, <laughs> yep. just said get, just said bye to some dude with yeah. a with a ruck on. Put yeah. your hand in the middle. If you are you rug marching all the way from Moni to Springfield, well, I mean, you can just put both hands in at that time. It's not like you need both of them for whatever you're doing. If you're a Piatone cop and you're you're pulling over and you're about to figure <laughs> out what's going on and yeah. you're like, are you guys getting it in today? I mean, first of all, use your common sense and realize that human legs aren't a good jack or jack stands, but, you know. Yeah, true, true, true. Yeah. So we're going to go in on three. We'll say strawberry rhubarb pie. You guys ready? All right. That's good. All right. Here we go. One, two, three. Strawberry. strawberry. Oh, we got to redo it now. We do. Why? But you're supposed you to whisper, whisper it. it. Oh, I got to whisper it. Silly goose. Oh. It's been a while since he's been on the podcast, folks. It it's okay. Been yeah. That's right. It's been Here a few years, man. I was on a podcast with uh, three people that two of which are not at second place anymore. That's how long it's been. That's true. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's very true. There you go. All right. All right. Let's All right. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. 